they may not be some, some may not be in refugee camps but there are many unfortunately in very dire circumstances there was one incident not too long ago here in our own country where somebody had there was some thing that they had to do some work so they went to some place and uh, just cutting the long story short it turned out that the parents had passed away first the mother passed away and then the father passed away now there were some young children in that household the eldest was perhaps about 13 years old 13-14 years old and then some other smaller siblings in one little one room kind of structure and they were now defending for themselves there were no relatives sometimes some neighbors would just help out in some things can we imagine a 13 year old heading a household there's no income there's nothing they don't have the basic necessities often they're going to bed without any food all these kind of things are happening there was another incident recently mashallah one girl was coming to one maktab and in that maktab she had come for the first time she was now probably about 12 years old and she had come for the very first time to maktab she had never been in a maktab before so in any case now that she came to a maktab some lessons were taking place she was learning some things and it was then this happened now before Ramadan that she started the maktab and in the month of Ramadan because of the encouragement of the muallima she decided to also fast now for the first time in her life she is fasting she is a Muslim but there was never anything that happened like this before so any case she started fasting the one day, second day, two days she fasted and then she came to the Maldima and said but you know, this is very difficult I can't manage it she said but what do you mean you can't manage it others are all fasting, they are much younger than you also so many of them and it's the winter months, it's not the long summer days she said no but how can I, can I manage this without any no sehri, no iftar said, but why don't you have the sehri and iftar she said well there's nothing to eat at home See, there's nothing to eat at home. So previously during the day, because she was not fasting, so she would be at school, she would be wherever, and some friend would share some lunch with her. Somebody would perhaps give her something to eat. So that would be the only thing she would have to eat for the day. Now she was fasting, so she was not eating anything during the day. But there was nothing to eat for iftar at night, nothing to have for seri in the morning, perhaps some water she drank. Now for two days she went on like that. And now that became a bit too much. And then she came to the Maldima and said, but I can't manage. Only now it became uh, known that this is the condition of that family. Until now some people went to go and do some visit and realize, yes, they are living in one. The structure was as big enough, the description was, to barely fit in one double bed in there and some space to walk on the side and that was the whole house for the entire family and the kitchen and everything, that was it and there was some a toilet or bathroom something outside now this was the space in which they were living and the family, the parents and two children living in this space can you imagine now that this is the house and this is the facilities, this is the 
what, what they own and how they and there was nothing. The one of the parents was very sick, the other one was not didn't have any income, and that's how they were just carrying on. Now these are the halat and the conditions of not one or two or some isolated incidents here and there. Unfortunately, tragically, there are many, many, many people who are suffering in these kind of circumstances in different ways. And how many na'mats and how many bounties of Allah Ta'ala we have all the time. We, because of the number of bounties we enjoy, we have so many difficulties with even the bounties. That sometimes there's some food which is such a great bounty. We have a problem with that. Now this food I don't like. That food is not good for me. That food is something I ate yesterday, so how can I eat it today? And that is something we had so many times, so now how can I eat it again? We have so many complaints about the na'mat that Allah Ta'ala is showering upon us. The problem is, sometimes is because we have too many na'mats. We should be making shukr for whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, but it appears as if we have too much now. And therefore now, we have become too fussy about things. I cannot have this, and this is not good enough for me, and that is too much now, I can't have more of this anymore. But ask people in the circumstances that we just described, how will they appreciate that? How much they will appreciate it? How much they will treasure it? So we need to become conscious of this. And then the other thing is, that when sometimes some ni'mats and bounties are in excess, and especially those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with more of the material things of dunya, then because of the excess of the material bounties, we start forgetting Allah Ta'ala. Whereas we're supposed to start remembering Him more. But now people get so caught up in those material bounties, that they start forgetting Allah Ta'ala. And all kinds of evils creep in. And what was not imaginable, those things start happening. There are so many things, unfortunately, that are becoming common in society and becoming the scourge of society. And much of it is to do with the excess of the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala, which we should have been appreciating and making shukr for and using correctly. But because there is excess in our hands, we start misusing it and using it to disobey Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Now that is a very, very dangerous thing. Now this might seem like it's still far away, but it's not far away. We are approaching that very dangerous period of time. The December month, the time when everybody starts becoming very, very casual and lax about their deen. That is even those who are, or many of those who are conscious of their deen, they start becoming very lax, very casual about deen. And great amount of vices and evils start getting perpetrated, people start indulging in these things without any care, without any concern and the shamelessness and all these things just become the norm this is a very frightening situation extremely frightening in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says وَإِذَا أَرَدْنَا أَن نُهْلِكَ قَرْيَةً أَمَرْنَا مُتْرَفِيهَا that when we intend to destroy a nation, a people, because now they have become so disobedient, they have become so 
transgressing and unconcerned about the commands of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala gives tremendous amount of respite Allah Ta'ala gives a lot of rope, a lot of respite but then people continue to transgress so Allah Ta'ala says Amarna Mutrafiha now literally translated is we instruct the affluent among them, the wealthy we instruct them meaning so the explanation of this is in the time of the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam the Anbiya Ali Musalam would instruct them and after the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam after Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam there is no Nabi to come so now the vicegerents, the deputies of the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala the ulama kiram those who are advising people in deen they will instruct them instruct them meaning that advise them that look what you are doing is wrong to not get involved in these sins and vices come back to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala come back to the path of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but unfortunately amarna mutrafiha fafasaqoo fiha but they just turn a blind eye and continue sinning they not concerned they just ignore whatever the advice is so now already there was an ongoing disobedience and as a result of which Allah Ta'ala says that they now became deserving of the destruction then further still Allah Ta'ala gives a chance by bringing about the situation where the advice is given by the ulama, by pious people that come back to Allah Ta'ala make sincere tawbah to not continue in this reckless manner but unfortunately people just ignore it they get deeper into it that where the spice pot came from we want to enjoy our holiday and where this fellow came now to come and put the spanner in the works and who is this person now becoming an obstacle in our fun and who is this killjoy all these kind of words are then these kind of titles are given to people that where this killjoy came from but he's not a kill joy. He's only killing the haram joy, which is a poison, sugar-coated poison, which is dirt and filth that has been wrapped in a very glittering wrapping. But in reality, it's extreme harm. So in any case, now those who are trying to advise, those who are trying to call people towards Allah Ta'ala, they are then mocked, they are then jeered at, the friends will mock them. One person not just today, earlier today, he inquired that how should I deal with my friends? So I said, what do you mean deal with your friends? He said, oh well, sometimes I meet my old friends who were in school together, etc. And then now they want to invite me to come to this place and that place, but I know what's going to go on there. All kinds of thing, things are going to happen there which are wrong. So now when I try to excuse myself, they say, but now, what's your problem? And since when you became so pious, and why you want to now be different? Now these are the ways shaitan uses people to distract others from good. They become the tools of shaitan. So advise him that when this is put forward to you, that why you, how you uh, became, why you want to become so pious? Oh, you became very pious now in a mocking way they tell him you became very pious so the response to give is that no I'm not yet pious but I'm trying to be pious so please I'm trying please help me I don't want to do the wrong things because I'm trying to be pious I am still very very far away from it I'm still very weak 
and I don't have any real degree of piety yet, but that's my hope, that inshallah, Allah Ta'ala makes me pious. It's not something to feel uh, shy about, it's not something to feel apologetic in any way, to say, no, 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 that uh, make some excuse. No, be, be clear about it, that no, this is what I want to do. I want to stay away from this wrong. I can't come to such places because it's not right for me. But it's not that I am pious yet. I'm still trying to be pious. I'm still making an effort, very, very weak effort. You make dua for me and your help also is very much appreciated that you help me to do the right things. But I'm not anyway close to piety yet. So these are the ways friends and associates and family members and sometimes cousins and whoever else, they start becoming an obstacle in a person's progress in deen. So we need to give the right answers. Don't become entrapped in that. So what we were talking about is that when a person now is trying to progress in deen, then all these obstacles come forward. But we need to be firm, we need to be steadfast, and Allah Ta'ala will open the way. So we should not become concerned about what people's comments are. Remain firm, remain steadfast. So this is the difficult and very dangerous time of the year that is approaching. We need to now make our minds up beforehand. We can't be part of this. Allah Ta'ala says in that ayat of the Quran Sharif we were discussing, that now when these who are the wealthier class and they have been instructed and they ignore the instruction, فَفَسَقُوا فِيهَا Allah Ta'ala then says, فَحَقَّ عَلَيْهَا الْقَوْلِ Then the decree of Allah Ta'ala then becomes applicable to them and then we totally destroy them. We destroy them. In other words, the kind of calamities that befall, then leave people totally bewildered. They are totally bewildered. They don't know where this came from. That this Could this have happened? Can this become the situation that where we become Allah forbid in these kind of dire circumstances? Not possible. Some years back, I happened to be one day in uh, Pretoria and in a masjid there so the person, the imam there was just talking to him and so on and in that time another person came along so the imam introduced him that this person he is from Libya and he is in a very high position there in the, he's here as part of the ambassador's team and on a very high note the second in charge or whatever the case is so all these things he mentioned about him. This was just before the whole revolution took place in Libya now, the last time when the last president was then unseated. So just at that time when this person, I met him and so on, it was like everything was so rosy for them and everything was so terrific and barely it was a week later that whatever happened, they happened. And everything started turning around the other way. And within a few months, this person also didn't have anything. He was totally without anything. Everything was snatched away. Everything was lost. He himself didn't have a job left because the government dismissed all of them, the new government that came in. He said, these people were part of the old government. They had nothing to do with them now. Now, that time this person was on a real high flying note. And overnight almost, everything was suddenly gone. Everything was over. One person I met once, he was from Burma. Now Burma, some of us might have heard the name Burma. 
what is currently Rangoon, and we are hearing sometimes the news, things that are happening in Burma, happening in Rangoon. So Burma was at one time a place which was filled with Muslims who were extremely affluent and wealthy, and many, many things were taking place there. They used to do a lot of good things as well. They were very supportive of a lot of Madaris, the Madrasas, the other Dini works. But unfortunately, there was a great misuse of Allah Ta'ala's ni'mats and indulgence in a lot of sin, etc. One very great personality, Hazrat Mawlana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi Rahimahullah, many of us might have heard his name. His one book is very, very popular and done as a as a textbook to teach basic Arabic Asasun Nabiyyin Hazrat Mawlana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi Rahmatullah So many who have studied Arabic would have normally also used this book as a reader and they would be familiar with him with his name at least So he's a very great scholar, very great alim very great personality He passed away towards the end of the 90s just around 97, 98 99 somewhere there so he had gone to visit Burma and now this was like at the time when everything was just going booming as they call everybody was really living it up and people didn't have any care in the world they had everything that money could buy and they didn't even know what to do with their money and there was so many things happening there and people as a result of this wealth that they had the Na'mas that Allah Ta'ala had blessed them with which they unfortunately got so engrossed in that they forgot Allah Ta'ala. They were involved in so much of vice and so much of extravagance and waste etc. He observed all this. He observed their lifestyles. He observed what they were getting involved in. How the children were conducting themselves. And then he gave a talk towards the end of his stay there. And he told them some things. He said to them, and this is a talk that is on record. The recordings of the talk are still available. People have the recordings. And he mentioned to them many things. Among the things he mentioned, that if a person sees clouds in the sky, and having seen the clouds, dark clouds, he then says it's going to rain soon. And then if it does rain soon, Nobody says this is a very, very astonishing thing that this person did. He saw some clouds in the sky and he said it's going to rain soon and then it rained. It's nothing out of the ordinary. Many people do this. He took a few examples of this nature. And after taking these few examples, he then said, look, I am just cautioning you that if you don't change your lifestyle, you continue in this reckless manner. And this is, what I am seeing is like the clouds on the sky. Now we might think that now, what kind of clouds he saw? This is in the light of the Quran and Sunnah. Because this has been spelt out in the Quran and Sunnah, in the hadith of Rasulullah that what kind of actions bring about, what kind of reactions. So he said, look, I am cautioning you that if you don't change this lifestyle, you don't stop the sins and the vices, you don't stop the extravagance and the wastefulness, especially in weddings and whatever else, then I am very afraid that this azab may befall you. People took it as a, just like a joke. People just dismissed it. He mentioned it in some detail, and then he left, he went away back to his country. 
But people didn't pay any attention to it. Maybe somebody were now more concerned, but they couldn't do anything or didn't do anything. Barely one year passed from the time that he gave the talk. And everything was booming, everything was at its peak. Overnight there was a revolution. And overnight they nationalized everything. Nationalized, now what does this mean? Whatever people owned, they no more owned. Now somebody owned a factory for example, he went in the morning to open his factory, so there were soldiers standing there. So they told him, now you give us the keys, you don't own this anymore. The government owns it, but if you want to work for the government, then you may come and work, then we'll decide how much we'll pay you. But if you don't want to work, you may go. Now overnight, the person had to just hand the keys over. People had money, maybe how much of money they had stacked in their homes or whatever the case is in the cupboards. But the currency was changed overnight. New notes, new currency. So now this old currency, you had to go and explain how you earned it. Now if you didn't declare it before, that was an illegal thing. So now that became worthless. Now for example, a person got like a whole stack of 200 notes like a one meter high stack. This is an example. Now, one meter high stack of 200 notes and maybe a nice wide stack also. And now suddenly overnight, it's not worth more than the paper that is written. That just the paper. is worth paper. Nothing. Now, to get caught with it became a big problem also. So now in order to save oneself from getting caught with these notes because that would become a criminal thing, People were burning it with their own hands to just get rid of it. Now, can we imagine how things can change overnight? Allah Ta'ala protect us. Allah Ta'ala save us. We should not be complacent. This is not something to just create fear or anything, but it's to create concern. It's to create concern that when people start getting involved in vice deeply and becomes a widespread thing, and in the numbers, people start flocking towards places of sin and vice, and just want to have fun only, any kind of fun, haram, halal is not the issue, then Allah forbid this is a very, very dangerous situation. And this is what draws down the azab of Allah ta'ala. And these kind of situations often come about in the time period that we are talking about. Towards the end of the year, this December time period, other parts of the year where it is so called holiday season. And then these people just go mad, they go wild. There is no law and no rules in their lives. That holiday is the be all and end all of their life. They must have fun and what not kind things happen. People get involved in drugs, there's illicit things, marriages break, people get involved in so much of evil. Those who don't get involved in any of these things, they too come with their deen on a total low. Their salah is not in order, their tilawat is gone, their zikr, dua, tasbihat they were making is now very far away. Some were involved in some efforts of deen, that whole thing has collapsed. And all these things happen as a result of being in those environments where the azab of Allah Ta'ala was falling on the hearts. And as a result of which, people's amal now became blocked. And they don't even realize what happened. And that is the one part of it. Those who found that their amal got blocked and so on. And some together with that got involved in so many vices and so many sins. 
and what not happened. So now the whole thing is that beforehand we need to understand where we are heading. Do we have any guarantee of life? Have people not passed away in the midst of all these so-called fun activities? What not has happened? Can we risk our iman, our amal by going to such environments? Can we take a chance that we will be okay? We can never take such a chance. We therefore need to start making a very, very firm resolution within ourselves, with our families, that we will inshallah not go to any of these kind of haram places. If we are free, because now there is no madrasa, there is no school, perhaps a father is not working, he is on a break. So, fine, there is no harm with taking a small break, but that break must not break a person's deen, must not break a person's iman, must not break a person's akhlaq, must not break a person's modesty and shame, must not break all the good things in life. So, in a stay-at-home, maybe there might be some things that are within the limits that can be engaged in, and this is the best thing that a person can do, remain at home, or visit some family and friends who are of the same mindset, spend some time in good company, and in this way, inshallah, we will be saved from many, many problems and difficulties, and many vices. Our iman is the most valuable bounty and gift Allah has blessed us with. And unfortunately, before people realize it, this iman is getting badly damaged because of what they are exposing themselves to. And unfortunately, this, this obsession comes in of now going somewhere all the time, anywhere and everywhere goes and doing things which others are doing. We cannot afford this, we cannot risk it, we have to keep ourselves within the limits of deen. So, may Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we remain steadfast on deen, we don't get entrapped in all these kinds of evils and harmful things. Allah Ta'ala protect our iman, protect our amal, Allah Ta'ala grant us istiqamat on deen, Allah Ta'ala keep us steadfast on deen all times. And extremely important that the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, that remain in our heart, the consciousness of death, that should remain in our heart. Inshallah, when this is the case, that we are conscious of Allah Ta'ala all the time, we are conscious of death and how suddenly death can come, then inshallah this will save us from many many things which nafs and shaitan are trying to drag us into. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless one and all. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. Allahumma aftah lana bil khair wa akhtim lana bil khair. وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان 
وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب